1: and go
0: for Mike Slater in three, two, one. you You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: This is America's greatest country in the world. Thanks for being here. So, uh, I think two, I, for some reason I think it was two weeks ago. Maybe it was last week. We talked about race and how there's no such thing as races. There's no such thing as two different races. There's only one human race, biologically, scientifically, anthropologically, there's only one thing. There's only one race. Um, so I talked we've been talking a lot about it on my local show. And the other day I got two phone calls, which has led me to conclude that there are three different perspectives about the conversation, about the statement I just made that there's only one race. Oh, just for context, there's three different races of chimpanzees. I should note that. Um, so one group of chimpanzees, if you trace their lineage back to a common set of parents, there's one They're they're from one location, another set of chimpanzees. If you trace back their lineage, they have a completely different, distinct set of parents. And then there's another group of chimpanzees. If you trace back their lineage, uh, there's another distinct group and set of parents. So three different races. So any type of chimpanzee came from one of these three different sets of parents, but for humans, and this isn't, I'm not, I'm not quoting Genesis here. I'm quoting what we know of science. Uh, All humans can lineage back to the same set of parents. There's one race. Um, That's what a race is. So three different reactions to that. Um, Which would I start with? Um, I think you, so I, I got a call from someone, Dan, his name is Dan. Dan believes there are different races. But we all need to love each other, and we need to transcend our differences and focus on what we have in common. Right? You're of one race, the black race. I'm of the white race, um, and the idea is truly that again we come from different sets of parents, which is not not true. But but Dan thinks it is. So it's a, so. But but you know what? We got to be nice to each other. We have to look at what we have in common. Okay. All right, I think that's been the prevalent view the last couple of decades. I don't think that's good enough. No, no I sh- now let me say this. I'm sorry, I should have done the other way. I-, I screwed up. You have I got a call from Jim. Jim is there are different races and one is superior to all the others. Right, that was Jim's take. Right, so that that's perspective number one. There are different races and one is superior. Then you have Dan who is, well, there's different races. So he agrees with Jim that there's different races, but uh, we're all the same. We're not, they're they're not, none is superior or inferior. We're all the same. And we gotta be nice to each other. I take the third view. That there's one race. Therefore there's nothing to transcend. Now there's always going to be political differences between two people and religious and geographic and cultural and ethnic differences. Of course but not racial. Now, why is it important to have this third category? Why am I making a big deal about this? Why not? Why don't we just all settle on Dan's opinion, right? Dan's Dan's opinion seems nice. We're all different, but let's get along. That seems good. We're going to be tolerant, especially because we have this fetish for tolerance, right? So why don't we we'll just be tolerant of our differences? So Senator, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with it is it's, it's wrong. It's, it's a, it's a false premise. Why would I base anything I do off of a false premise? Why make life more complicated than it really is? I'll give you an example of of where this goes awry when you you take Dan's conclusion. The other day, uh, when we talked about this, we shared the Supreme Court case, Loving v. Virginia. And the judge in Virginia said that God made five different races and he put them in separate parts of the planet five different races put them on different parts of the plan did not mean for them to breed with each other. And we can't interfere with this plan, which is why it's against the law for interracial marriage. That was 59 years ago. Okay. 59 years ago, that opinion that that judge made in Virginia 59 years ago can only be made. If you first start on the false assumption that there are indeed different races, you can't come to the conclusion that interracial marriage is outlawed if you know there's only one race because then there's no such thing as interracial marriage because that doesn't even make any sense. Interracial marriage implies that there are two races, at least. This judge said there were five. So did Hitler. Now, we shared that the other day. Let me share a different story. It's around 1900. This is when Southerners really started to get their reputation as... Uh, backwards and lazy now from the beginning of our country northern colonists and southern colonists were very different and southerners were always more genteel and all that and so but no different than lazy right There's, 1900 was around you got the lazy southerner and people wondered why why are people in the south so lazy ah uh, a lot of black people mm-hmm a lot of black people in the south and as we all know black people are inferior i mean that's what made them such good slaves but now they're free and they're so lazy that's what people said black people are lazy that's why people in the south are lazy but you think well, hold on there's a lot of white people in the south too and they're lazy too well slave culture and, and black people are infesting them uh, the black race bringing down the white man and these uh, the white and black people now in the South, they are all good for nothing. They can't even complete a solid day's work. This was the cultural and scientific consensus. Southerners were lazy because of black people. Now, you can only come to that conclusion if you believe that there are two races. Now, you can be like Dan and try all day long to do this whole, oh, yeah, we're different, but oh, we're the same. Let's focus on our similarities. Nope, because if you start with that, someone's going to find differences. And they're going to focus on those differences and they're going to uh, uh, take advantage of those differences. And that's what people did in 1900 with lazy Southerners. Oh, it must be because of black people. They're different. They're inferior. They're lazy. They're infecting the white people with laziness. And the South is now backwards. Thanks a lot, different race. Scientific cultural consensus. Then came along Charles Stiles. He was a zoologist in, uh, in New York. It was 1902. And he was working to help farmers keep their animals healthy. Uh, and he traveled down to the South. And he was fascinated by how people in the South were shorter and got exhausted so quickly. He said there were, it was so bad that there were construction projects. And Southern men would fall to the ground pushing wheelbarrows after just a few minutes. They would just fall to the ground. So the the construction company had to bring in workers from Pennsylvania, had to bring in workers from the north to get the job done. And he was like, what the heck is going on with the southern people? So he did a little research. You know what he discovered? He found the culprit. Hookworm. Tiny worms. Little bitty tiny worms that would go into your heart and then your lungs and then your small intestine. And they would latch into you with their fangs and they'd hang around there for about five years and they would breed and make it the, um, get even worse. And if you were a kid, it would suck all the iron out of you and it would stunt your growth. And if you were a woman, it would make you iron deficient, unable to get pregnant, and it would make you exhausted all day long. How'd you get it? Through your feet. Most everyone at that time walked around barefoot, but especially in the South. And it was, it was an odd uh, thing, the hookworm, because... Not only was this caused by poverty, right? If you were poor, you probably didn't have shoes. So you get, you walk around barefoot, you get hookworm hook through your feet, but it also caused poverty because once you got it, you were super weak and you were exhausted all the time. and You couldn't work. So the scientist, this, uh, styles guy, he made this case and everyone laughed at him. You got scientists, doctors, researchers are like, oh, pff, you're a zoologist. Yeah. You study animals, not humans. Plus we already know what it is that makes people lazy in the South. It's black people you and your hookworm give me a break this guy was against consensus i don't know maybe 98 percent of scientists agreed that it was black people not hookworm and it took a few years before he even got the attention of john d rockefeller john d rockefeller at the time was looking for more ways to give away his money so he got in front of rockefeller rockefeller agreed he started an organization called the rockefeller sanitary commission this was seven years after Stiles made his initial discovery, seven years. It took seven years before people believed him. But even then, no one believed him. It, it was just, it was just Rockefeller that believed him, right? The scientists and researchers still didn't believe him. So Rockefeller set up these health clinics in every town in the South. People drank a simple solution, it cost a penny, and hookworm, gone, just like that. It cured people so fast they thought it was a magic potion. They thought these doctors were sorcerers. Right? You're exhausted, sick frail, you drink the solution. I forget what it was. It was like salt. And like, not, it was like nothing. And you drink it and the whole dies. And the next day you're bundle of energy. And you're like, what, how could that 40% of the population in the South gone just like that. So what's the lesson? People thought that laziness was because black people were lazy. Science agreed. It took scientific consensus seven years to catch up to Dr. Styles, And again, even then, they weren't convinced. It was Rockefeller who was. Now, if you think there are different races, like even Dan did, and as people did back then, then you can see how one could come to the conclusion that one race is inferior, and I, of course, am superior. But if that concept... Oh, oh therefore... I'm in. I'm superior. They're inferior because they're different. And that's just human nature. I'm going to think I'm inferior over anyone else who's different. Uh, and they're lazy uh, black people, right? that's different races, It's a different race than I am. Right. You can see how you can go down that road. But if that concept never formed, that there's different races or if we eliminate it today, then you can't come to that conclusion. You can't come to the conclusion that it's because black people are lazy because we're all the same. So then you would search for a different answer and if you searched for a different answer then doctors and scientists and researchers may have been able to find the real culprit much sooner but because consensus took over that was it this is why it's very important to completely eliminate the concept of different races don't even play into the game Slater Radio on Twitter. Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. You're listening to
0: Mike Slater
2: on The Blaze Radio Network.
0: Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house?
2: Thanks for being here. At the uh, at the risk of beating a dead horse, I just I got a lot of pushback on this when I talk about this in my local show, so I just want to I want to make sure we're on the same page. We can be done with it. Just about how stupid race is, and and my quest to eradicate it from our culture. So in 1929, if you were Mexican, and like if you were in America, and you were of Mexican heritage, you were considered white. 1929. Then in 1930. Mexican was put on the census as a distinct race. The Mexican race, which like that's not, that's not even a race. Like even in the, the bad science of race, there were five races and Mexican wasn't one of the races. So, um, so, so 1930 census, Mexican was its own distinct race. Then you had the league of United Latin American citizens, which was a Mexican organization, a Mexican-American organization. They protested to get Mexican off of the census. And their argument was that they are white and they are American. So it was finally removed and it wasn't put on the census again until 1970. Now, before we tell you why it was put back on, how fascinating is that little moment, right? So 1929, you're a Mexican-American, you're white. 1930, suddenly you're now something different. You're now the Mexican race. And then right after that, they took it back off because Mexicans wanted to be considered white. And a lot of Mexicans are, right? Vincente Fox. we told this story before. Vincente Fox, the former president of Mexico, has um, uh, his family's from Germany. And his dad was born in Ohio. And their name was Fuchs. So he's a white guy. Right. Vincente Fox, the former president of Mexico, was a white guy, and then you remember Tucker Carlson did an interview with Jorge Ramos from Univision, and Tucker's like, "You have blue eyes. You're whiter than I am." <laughs> it's like, what are we, what are we doing here? So Mexicans, seventy years ago, were like, "No, no, we're white." So it was put on again in 1970. Why? Okay, so back in 1930, 40, 50, 60. The idea was that you had to be white to get all the rights of an American. So Mexicans wanted to be, Mexican Americans wanted to be considered white so that they got all the rights of white people. Make sense. Also, when we won the area that we, that I live in San Diego from Mexico, we promised at the time that Mexican residents would be treated as full American citizens. So Mexicans, Mexican-Americans wanted to be known as white people. Now you'd think that would just be the end of it, but why did it change? Why then in the seventies did people want to be known as, as non-white as something different as Hispanic? Because around that time, it now became more profitable to be a minority. There used to be in the thirties, a premium on being in the majority, which is why Mexican-Americans were like, oh, we're white. Now there's a premium on being put in the minority, which is why Spanish are like, oh, we're Hispanic, same same people, same like right? just like the kids of those people who before were like I'm white and now they're like, I'm, I'm Hispanic. Why did Elizabeth Warren claim she was Native American? Fifty years ago, you wouldn't claim that because it'd be less likely for you to get a uh, tenured position at Harvard, but now Elizabeth Warren. Can claim she's native american and harvard brags that she's the only tenured native american uh on the harvard faculty <laughs> right because now there's a premium put on being a, a, a minority fascinating how but like does that make sense like how foolish then the whole concept of race is if you can just decree it different like oh i'm white oh, i mean hispanic in the early 1900s, there were different standards in each state on what it meant to be black. Right? If, if one of your parents was black or you were a quarter black, eighth black, the one drop rule or whatever. So you could, it was every state was different. So you could drive to different states and have a different race depending on what state you're standing in. So clearly it, it's not a thing. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense anymore. It never made sense, but it certainly doesn't make sense anymore. And then you get this argument, one last argument that people make. They'll say, well, hold on, Slater, there's got to be different races because black people, I've gotten this a couple of times, black people are more likely to get sickle cell disease. No. People in Africa are more likely to get malaria because mosquitoes and all the rest. So there became a gene variation over time to combat the malaria. And that's sickle cell. So the benefit of malaria resistance, the sickle cell, outweighed the negative impact of sickle cell disease so it's not that black people are more likely to get sickle cell disease it's that people who have an ancestry in that part of the world who happen to be black are more prone to have sickle cell anemia i don't want to get too deep into it but i'll put we will stop here i'll put a timeout on this conversation i don't want to beat this dead horse i just You can see how when we start on a wrong foundation, how you just get a little bit off, right? A little bit off, a little bit off. Then you're a little further off and you're a little further off. And before you know it, you're on a totally different planet. And you're like, whoa, how did I even get here? Oh, it's because you were off at the very beginning. And the very beginning of this is that there are two different races. There's not. It's just one. Keep that in mind as, uh, as I'm sure, and it's not really a big conversation now, but it always cycles back around race being such a big thing and think about the people who want race who want there to be two different races or five different races they're just different races think about the types of people who want that you have the the like the white supremacists; they want there to be different races and then you have people like jesse jackson who profit from the idea of there being different races as well so if we stop if we get people to realize that there's only one race those two people are bankrupt they're already morally bankrupt. Now we can make them actually bankrupt, like financially bankrupt, because they have nothing else to profit in. And that would be a great—that uh, would be a great victory. One eight eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. So there you go. That's that. We're done. We're done there. My next crusade, by the way, uh, once I, 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 I uh, polish off this quest of getting everyone to realize there's only one race, my next crusade is that multivitamins are a giant scam. Uh, i not gonna—I'm not gonna die on that sword. But uh eh, worth noting that there's zero evidence that vitamins do anything for anyone. But anyway, listen, I'm not we'll just drop that right there. You don't probably won't even touch that one, actually. Just stick with stick with the important one. You know this wasn't even that long ago, right? These all these super races things. It wasn't even that long ago. You know what else wasn't? Lobotomies. I wanna tell you about those next. This is the craziest thing you've ever heard. We'll do it next. Mike Slater said the Plays Radio Network, spread the word.
0: This is Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio. On the
1: Blaze Radio Network.
0: Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. So,
2: so the idea that a judge 59 years ago said that there are five races, God put them on different planet, planets—excuse me, planets, continents—didn't uh, mean for them to intermingle. Therefore, interracial marriage is illegal in Virginia. That was 59 years ago. That's it. This is this is not ancient history by any means. I got another example of how it really wasn't that long ago. So we have this reoccurring theme uh, that on the show lately that science, science says, is not an argument. Scientists say that's that's that doesn't that's not an excuse to turn my brain off. The experts are often wrong, as we just talked about with hookworm. Consensus has a terrible track record. Someone called in Jim. I mentioned Jim the other day. Jim's the guy who thinks there's two races and one is superior than the other. And he said, Slater, you're a historian, not a scientist. Stick to history. Which is such an interesting sentence because I'm not a historian. I'm a history major, but like, whatever. That doesn't make me a historian. And also, just because I don't have a science degree doesn't mean that any of us can't find the truth. Right? So so he gave me way too much credit on one regard and then not nearly enough on the other. Oh, you're a historian. No, I'm not. You're not a scientist. Well, I kind of am because I searched for the truth. And that's part of what science is. But anyway, I'm just, I'm just... Constantly stunned about how wrong science has always been. Yet still, when someone says scientists say we turn off our brains, I want to talk about lobotomies. Which turning off brains. lobotomies didn't mean to do that, but lobotomies are not being performed anymore, but we're going through the same cycle. Again, the details are different, but it's the same thing. I will explain that but let me tell you what the, the history of these lobotomies. So it started with first of all, when do you think lobotomy started? Right <laughs> like if you told me about Slater, make up the story of lobotomies. I'd be like, "Oh geez, I don't know. Uh lobotomies ancient Egypt to I don't know like a 800 BC like like that, I'd be like that's kind of the war, the framework I'd be working in. Like 200 BC or 2000 BC or something. Nope. Starts with Dr. Walter Freeman, a neurologist in D.C. in 1936. That was the the beginning of lobotomies. So he thought that if someone had depression or anxiety or schizophrenia, then he could remove the frontal lobes of the brain and they would be cured of these these problems. So in 1936, he would drill a hole through your skull, take a knife and slice through the front part of the brain, disconnecting it to the rest of the brain. Now I want to be clear too. When I thought lobotomies, I thought they would take like a square, like a chunk out of your skull, like, I don't know, two inches by one inch or something even bigger, remove the whole, like, like a plate, the front part of your skull, take it out and like look at the brain and then cut part of it out. Nope. Little hole, stick a knife in, slice it, take the knife back out and the brain would still be there, right? And it would just be disconnected to the rest of your brain. So that's how they started. Ten years later, so we're in the 40s now, he would take an ice pick and a hammer. Literally, the first ice pick was from Dr. Freeman's kitchen drawer. Okay, brace yourself. He would peel back your eyelid, insert the ice pick above your eye into the back of your... um, uh, Like the back of your eye, right? and use the hammer to tap it into the brain wiggle it around sever the frontal lobe and then pull the ice pick back out so the ice pick will go right above your eye into your skull into your brain wiggle it around (laughs) pull it back out there's your lobotomy this was 70 years ago okay (laughs) like i said Ancient Egypt, maybe ancient Rome, maybe. Nope, 70 years. And he would go from office to office because all he needed was an ice pick and a hammer. He'd go from office to office and hospital to hospital and insane asylum to insane asylum and just uh, knock out these lobotomies. He'd do 20, 30 lobotomies a day. took just a few minutes, each one, right? So then he moved to California and he would do it on people with headaches and misbehaving children. 19 of his patients were under the age of 18. One of them was four. He did this until... 1967 50 years 50 years ago we were doing lobotomies with an ice pick and a hammer the hospital that he was working at made him stop only after someone died after her third lobotomy crazy right so why do i bring this up we're not doing lobotomies anymore well first of all i hope that point is proven right not that long ago Pretty crazy, not that long ago, but science says, and embraced by, by science. Uh, they did the they did lobotomies at the Mayo Clinic. They did it at the VA, which we'll talk about. They did it at, um, oh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Uh, Johns Hopkins, right? They did like this, the government is like, oh yeah, lobotomies, what ice pick through the eye? Now we're not doing lobotomies, but we're doing something similar. The way we're treating kids with gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria is transgenderism, right? Girls who think they're boys, boys who think they're girls. We treat them by giving them hormone-blocking drugs as children, which blocks puberty, prevents puberty, and makes it easier to, per- to perform surgery on them when they're older. Why do people do this? The same reason they got lobotomies 50 years ago? Desperate? Hopeless? In the 30s, no medicines helped. And people were suffering. And the doctors would say there's a high rate of suicide, so we got to do something. Same thing with transgender kids. We're told, which isn't true, but we're told that there's higher rates of suicide. One therapist, I'm not even getting a therapist, therapist told parents of a kid with gender dysphoria, your daughter, it was born a boy, so it's a son, but Wanted to be a girl. Your daughter already knows who she is. So now you have to decide, do you want a happy little girl or a dead little boy? Okay, That's a therapist. Told that to parents of a kid with gender dysphoria. Okay, You have to give these puberty blocking drugs so you can perform surgery because here's your options. Either a happy little girl or your daughter who's really a boy is going to commit suicide. Happy little girl, dead little boy. That's your choice. Okay, So that's what when you have desperation. You'll get an ice pick stuck in your eye or you'll give your kid uh, puberty-blocking drugs. It's also the power of the press. How, how, how easily people in the media are deceived and therefore how the, easily the rest of the American people are deceived. Dr. Freeman, the lobotomy guy, would have journalists and photographers come and watch him do this. The Washington Star called lobotomy quote one of the greatest surgical innovations of this generation the new york times called it surgery of the soul and declared it history making 1941 saturday evening post a world that once seemed full of misery cruelty and hate is now radiant with sunshine and kindness to them right so that's the results of someone who had a lobotomy one photographer took a picture when Dr. Freeman was performing a lobotomy. It scared Freeman, right? Because it was loud. <laughs> Going back, like that, Scared him. He slipped. The ice pick went too far into the person's brain. They died right there on the table. That did not make it into the article. How many articles today celebrate transgender children and how their parents are so brave and all the rest? yet how many articles talk about the american college of pediatricians who say that hormone blocking drugs are child abuse this is not me this is not right-wing hate radio this is the american college of pediatricians say that this is child abuse that's their words none of those articles do that just like the article where the person died on the table doing it getting a lobotomy that little tidbit of information wasn't put in the article either i'll take a break I'll come back um it's 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 so says all those points make sense i can't I don't, I don't i don't need to reiterate them right it's just amazing how we do the same thing for the same reasons just different details right desperation media sensation culture changes and then eventually we hit a point and everyone goes "Ooh, Rutro. row that's that's we We went too far. So then we stopped doing lobotomies. And I'll tell you the end of lobotomies in a second, how they stopped. But then we just do it again with something different. And then we're going to see the consequences of puberty blocking drugs. And then people will be like, whoa, what were we thinking? And then we'll do it with something different. And that's just how it always goes. Unless we can control ourselves here and control our desperation, control our hopelessness, and, and not get swept up by emotion, not get swept up by the media and pop culture, and just think, about what is actually true and right and righteous and do the right thing as opposed to the quote unquote uh trendy popular whatever thing you want to however you want to describe it. One eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three Mike Slater so the Blaze Radio Network spread the word
0: Mike Slater
2: on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: generation of talk radio this is mike slater
2: so the point the point of the segment here is not to talk about gender dysphoria necessarily just to prove that we do the same thing over and over we have these same cycles um i do think we'll look back at giving kids puberty blocking drugs and have the same reaction uh as we do today when we look back at lobotomies that were performed only 50 years ago sticking an ice pick in someone's eye and swirling it around in their brain and we're like oh like Look at the time it was a miracle of science and today we're like what what were we thinking i think we'll do the same with uh, puberty blocking drugs and gender dysphoria uh it's no different than why well, i hope uh, a couple generations from now people will look back at us and say how could they allow abortion how could people so be so apathetic about it how could they allow abortion the same way we look back on people from uh you know 200 years ago and say how could they allow slavery It's the same cycle. And it's not even that we're becoming more sensitive to things. It's literally the same thing, just different details. So slavery, the argument was, well, these humans aren't humans. And with abortion, it's this human isn't a human. It's something different than a human. It's a clump of cells or whatever. Right. It's the same thing. It's the same argument. These black people aren't humans. They're slaves. This baby isn't a baby. It's something right. And same thing happens with our marriages, right? You and your wife get in arguments frequently. It's probably the same thing every time. Different details, but it's the same thing. It's right over and over and over and over again, whether it's a trust issue or a respect issue or selfishness or pride or whatever. It's the same cycle over and over every day, every argument, it's the same thing. Different details, but same thing. To have doctors and hospitals perform these lobotomies, I, I think it's the same hysteria. It's the same desperation. It's the same seeking for attention and prominence that drives bad global warming science and these scientists, right? Attention, prominence, money, fame, all the rest. Hopefully, eventually, people wise up. Dr. Freeman, the lobotomy guy, eventually lost respect. He went to a medical conference around 1965 with, a, he wasn't invited to the medical conference, but he went with a box of Christmas cards that he received from, grateful patients and families and he showed them to everyone and it's just such a sad image right like look look they liked it they thought it was good look 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 to prove that these lobotomies were they paid him no attention and then he roamed the country in a camper taking pictures of his former patients and at this point it wasn't to reassure other people that these lobotomies worked it was to reassure himself in 1967 he did his last two lobotomies Uh, And he wrote that one patient was doing well and the other died of a brain hemorrhage three days later. Freeman died five years later, 1972. And that's not that long ago. (laughs) Now, I got two minutes here. I think this is related. I I hope it doesn't sound like I'm bouncing around. I think they're all related. The prime minister of Denmark has boasted that 90% of babies that have down syndrome have been aborted. So, you know, they do the test to see if you, if you have down syndrome and then of all the babies that are tested positive, 90% of them are aborted. And the prime minister of Denmark's happy about this. And they say in 10 years, Denmark will be down syndrome free. There's an article in Denmark that that said Down syndrome is headed towards extinction in Denmark. Ooh. uh, There's a big difference between extinction and extermination. Right? Extinction of a disease is like polio, right? It existed and then we treated it and now it's gone. It's extinct. Extermination is if we just killed everyone with polio. That's that's different. That's extermination. That's different than extinction. And that's what Denmark is doing with babies who have Down syndrome. They're exterminating them. So not to get into a whole thing, but what kind of society do you want to live in? In America, still 67% of Down syndrome babies are aborted, very high. But generally as a society, we help people uh, make sure their kids can live a full and happy life. In Denmark, they kill them and then celebrate not having them anymore. Uh, why? A lot of bad science, a lot of bad information, a lot of bad culture, a lot of bad media reports deceiving you all the time constantly. Be careful. one 888 Coming up next, I want to talk about uh, Jared Kushner, Trump's son-in-law. I think this is a very, very fascinating aspect of the White House. We'll talk about it next.
0: You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network.